0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome, your saltwater guy, Captain Dave Hanson, with another great podcast for you today. We're bringing in one of my best friends on the whole planet on the show today, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But first of all, I want to thank all the veterans out there. Tomorrow's a very special day in my heart. Tomorrow's Veterans Day, and I have a ton of very, very close personal friends that have given everything they could possibly give for this country. Plus, and I want to thank each and every vet out there because we're not going to have a show tomorrow. So thank you all. And I I know you should have a year round. It shouldn't be a day. It should be year round, but we're going to celebrate it tomorrow. So happy Veterans Day to all the veterans and all the war heroes and uh, Freedom Alliance, and more heroes on water, and all the vets out there. Thank you very, very much for your service, and thanks for everything you've done so that I can put on this silly show every day, and I can put out those silly little videos, and I could have the opportunity to fish my whole life for a living. That was pretty special, and it's because of the sacrifice the men and women of this great country of the United States of America have done for me And my family, so thank you all very, very much. From the bottom of my heart, I can't thank you enough. We'll talk more about it throughout the year. War Heroes on Water is a very personal thing for me, and I've been involved with it since the beginning, and it's just one way for me to give back to all the veterans out there. So thank you again very, very much, and happy Veterans Day tomorrow, everybody. And uh, today is Deckhand Sports Friday. We always talk about Deckhand Sports and their products on Friday. We'll have a nice little video we'll show you a little bit later in the show. But um, there's the QR code if you want to save 15%. And they had a really good time out fishing with Justin the other night. They sponsored that night of fishing, net, and we're going to do another live show on the 16th. We got some rain coming in, so it might be kind of interesting to see what happens with the lobsters up there. But we just have so much going on. We got lots of great videos that Elliot and I have been putting out all week. They're all going absolutely bananas. Arnie, thank you for joining us as usual. And everybody else out there that watches the show every day, I can't thank you all enough. And my good friend that's coming on the show with me today, is I'm sure he's going to talk about all the support from all of hes He's starting to find out. He already knew, but now he's really starting to find out the power of your saltwater guide. And, uh, gang, you can ask this gentleman questions today. Elliot will be putting them up on the screen. Elliot's uh, producing the show today. So, without any further ado, let's bring in my best friend on the whole planet Earth. Let's bring in Todd Manser. Let's get this thing started. Todd, welcome to the show. Kelly, girls watching. Hi, Kelly. Hi,
2: Dave. Hi, Elliot. And uh, and Happy Veterans Day, everybody. We uh, we live in a wonderful uh, country here in the United States of America, and it's because of those men and women that have fought so hard for our freedom over the years. Happy
1: Veterans Day, everybody. Absolutely, Todd. You bet. You've had the opportunity now to get to know my good buddy Elliot. It, tell. Just tell everybody out there that's watching how quickly the power of your saltwater guide and the power of inside the bite has changed your business. So it's
2: it's it's pretty amazing. So we, uh, I started talking with Elliot and understanding uh, how to utilize your saltwater guide and collaboration with Manser Marine uh, just a week ago. I mean, we talked about it a little bit. And it, Elliot helped me understand uh, what was necessary uh, in, in the post and then, and then how to get uh, to the viewers through your saltwater guide. And then I will tell you, honest to God, uh, my phone does not stop ringing. Uh, people are now recognizing what I do uh, faster than I've ever imagined. So I, I've, I've run boats my entire life. I started off as a deckhand. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. Uh, you know, of course, I, I I grew into being an operator. Uh, I ran sport boats. I ran yachts. I fished marlin tournaments. I owned and operated uh, commercial swordfish boats. Uh, my family owns and we operate a fish market that my sister operates, manages for us, doing a wonderful job. Sheila Manser, big hit. Uh, and this last uh, uh, several years, I started managing some boats and, and, you know, I just, you know, I put the word out there and I would tell a few friends, Hey, you know, make sure you, you know, if you hear anybody let them know that, you know, uh, I'm available to help manage their boats, to keep them in turnkey, uh, operation all the time. And I'd get a hit there and, and a hit here and there. And then I started using, uh, this platform and, and sharing my, my, my reels and my posts through, uh, your social media and your saltwater guide. And I am not kidding you. I I am truly, truly impressed. And I'm 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 literally answering phone calls and booking new accounts daily. I've I've taken seven new accounts this week. Seven new accounts. And if you guys don't know what management I do, if you own a yacht or if you own a center console, uh, you know I, I I'm now managing a, a forty-five. Uh, Everglades quad screw it's just an absolute machine but it, it there's a lot to it I, I make sure that everything about your boat is looked at so that when you go out and use your boat you don't have to worry about it Ball valves uh, build switches high water alarms battery levels battery chargers uh, your, your engine fluids your engines the integrity of your engines your windlasses, your air conditioners your bait pumps your toilets Your freshwater tanks I take care of all that and we set up a nice schedule and we make it affordable and then everything that Dave and I know about the fishing industry we get to share with you because you're now part of Mansour marine you're part of your saltwater guide you're part of the family you get to call and ask us anything anytime and if anybody knows me I can be at dinner sorry honey with my wife and I'll answer your phone call because I find it important that I answer your questions about what's going on with your boat and this social media platform has taken my uh, m- my business into a new level. Now I still have borders. I'm sitting here on 65 Hatters right now and, and when the season comes around, you know, hopefully we, we, we have great business and I'll be sharing my, my border fishing charters business on social media with your saltwater guide. When I get to where I'm doing uh, my my Graywell stuff, guys, I want to share with you that stuff. I mean, people don't know this about us, Dave, but how much information can we share about the animals that live here off of California?
1: Oh, it's it's pretty entertaining. But the re- main reason why I wanted to start the show off, Todd, was just to give accolades to you and I are you and I. We're always going to be us, but we yep. could never have done any of this without Elliot and Andrews. At- Inside the bite sport uh, is absolutely the answer to this whole thing. Elliot's going to be uh, throwing up a QR code here. Maybe today, not if not today, starting next Thursday, gang. If you have a business, all I'm trying to do is let you know that there is a better way. Ninety nine point nine percent of the businesses today are operating at a dinosaur level. You don't have to anymore, but you're stuck in the mud and you don't understand. Social media is the answer, gang. If you look at anybody walking around right now, anybody, anywhere, they're staring at their flipping phone and they're watching videos on either TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Every single person. And if you, if they're telling you, oh, not baloney, you are too. We watch you all. So if you're tired of I always say if you're tired of sucking at fishing, but if you're tired of sucking at marketing, there is a kinder, softer, gentler way. Listen, when I started with Elliot four years ago, I blew the industry away. Everybody knew me in the industry, but they all were like, oh my gosh, you went from a couple thousand followers to 600,000 followers, Captain Dave. How did you do that? How do you have a live podcast that everybody watches and everybody talks about? Even the people that don't want to admit they talk, they watch it, they watch it. Because Elliot makes it impossible to not see me. You can block me on one social media platform. I pop up on the other one, gang. As soon as you're tired of being broke, and as soon as... Here's something that I think is so funny about this industry. This industry is willing to take hard-earned money and give it to something out there and hope that the people that want to use your product get to see your ad. Gang, okay. on our platform, your saltwater guide, Todd, you learned this in a, in a week once you got involved. Everybody that's watching us has something to do with fishing or boating. They want, a fu- they want a fishing pole. They want a reel. They want to know how to take better care of their boat. They want to know how to catch a fish. They want to know how to maintain their boat. That's all the... Th- and then there's all these companies that are like, well, you know, we've been doing it this way for not- since 1947, so we're just going to keep... It. Nah. Well, then you're not going to be making it here. I guarantee you, you won't be around in a year or so. This is the key is... Inside the Bite marketing company, it's the most insane. Elliot has got the recipes, figured it out. I just it's incredible. so you can see all the things, gang, if you don't believe me, just go down one of my go down one of my posts and you'll see we have so many videos out there that have millions and millions and millions of views. It's absolutely ridiculous to think that there's people out there watching this old man. But I'm telling you, they are. And the proof is in the pudding. All you got to do is look at our social media platforms. There's Mike Lewis put out that video on your saltwater guide on Instagram. It's our number one video right now. And it's only two, not even two weeks old. It's just going absolutely bananas. How to tie up the boat video, Todd. I put it out. (laughs) I love that one. We put it out five times. And it's had over a million views every single time. The most it's gotten is seven and a half million views. I, th- I For me, it was a throwaway video. It was an absolute throwaway video deep in one of my files. And Elliot found it. He's all, do you mind if I post this? And I said, no one's going to watch that. And he's <laughs> like, because Elliot looks at stuff, gang, in a way different way. Way different way. So all I'm trying to do is let everybody out there know Todd and I are going to that's enough marketing stuff for now. Todd and I are going to talk stories that we kind of, we kind of baited you guys a few times in the last few episodes that Todd and I have been together, but a story I wanted to talk about, Todd, and uh-huh. then I want you to talk about some other stories, but back in the day, guy, you won't understand this looking at me today, but in the day... Todd's about eight years younger than I am. All the kids that were younger than me in the harbor, their parents wouldn't allow them to hang out with me. <laughs> I was not a good human back in the old days. In the seventies.
2: my dad would say. He's a bad influence. <laughs> and so...
1: Boy, that's turned around a little bit, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, now everybody wants their people to hang out with me. But listen, Todd and I... And uh, our other buddy, Big Dave, we used to set up a thing called the Turkey Trot in Dana Point Harbor every year. And it was a benefit. It's They still have it. They still have the Turkey Trot. It's on Thanksgiving. And Todd and I and, and Big Dave, we were called the Coneheads. And I had a p- little pickup truck and we would put all the cones out in the harbor. And we would show up at like three o'clock in the morning to put the cones out. Back in these days... We were not the best human beings on the... Well,
2: we were the best human beings. We just weren't taking care of ourselves.
1: Right. So we (laughs) We were still loved and adored. We went down to the boat and got started having having some uh, adult beverages at three o'clock in the morning. And then we would drive around and put out the cones. And then we would pick up the cones at the end of the race. We had a system where we would leave the driver's side door open. It would hit the cone, knock it over. Big Dave would pick it up with his foot and hand it to Todd in the back of the truck. Todd decided that he wanted to pick up, pick it up with his foot. No,
2: Dave was exhausted. Dave says, I'm exhausted,
1: Mancer. You got to take over for a minute.
2: And you didn't even slow the truck down. Were in your old Ford Ranger, that red Ford Ranger, you had the, the door kicked open with your foot. You didn't even slow down. I went to go straddle the bed of the truck and tell him what happened.
1: and he got his pants stuck in the tire and it ripped him out of the back of the truck but it made him like the splits it dislocated his it dislocated his hip threw him on the ground and then I ran over him and And I hopped right but we we were so numb that
2: I hopped right back in the truck and we kept picking up cones and by the way guys we're talking 5 kilometers of cones not just 10 (laughs) We had to go and unload the truck twice to be able to pick up all the cones. So, and uh, it, it, to, 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 to finalize that story, we've always joked about how my hips are and how, how it affected me over the years. Uh, but you know what? I wouldn't take it back for a minute. You know, the fact that I do have to get a, a hip replacement here pretty soon, I still had a good time with Dave at the turkey trot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then there was another time and we never really told this story, but Todd was running a boat called the Clementi, if you're familiar with my father's pork fishing operation. And uh, I was running the seahorse at the time, and we were catching giant squid. And Oh, yeah. Gang, if you think about these squid back in when they came to Dan, these things were like 15, 20-pound squid, right? Yep. They were humongous. They were, they were four Four and a half, five feet long. They were giant squid, and we were catching the living bejesus out of them. And we were anch- we weren't anch- we were just drifting in the canyon off of Dana Point. Todd was next to me. We kind of liked to fish by each other ever since we were kids. It was kind of our thing. Yeah. One of us would find something, the other one would snuggle up next to him because that was just how we did it. Whatever boats we were running, and we're fishing and we're catching. And we're watching, because Todd's kind of loud, and he's got this phenomenal laugh. It's a, <laughs> Thank you. It's real, you can hear it over the generators and the engines and everything. And All of a sudden, you can hear this laugh. And everybody on my boat, and there were 60 people on my boat, look over at Todd. And Todd is screaming, because there's hundreds of squid just swimming free around the boat. And he went to lean over the side to gaff one that was swimming by, and the railing of the Clementi opened up, and Todd. Ah, the gate. Straight into the water.
0: There it <laughs> yeah, is. There it is.
1: <laughs> and Todd had all his foul weather gear on and everything. Gang, if you look at the side of the Clementi right there, when you hit the water, there's no way to get back on the boat. Right. There's no way. And I'm not even making this up. And I know in those days there was a lot of uh, stuff going on that we can't really talk about. But he hit the water and I, gang, he stood on the water and got back on the boat. It was the most amazing thing you've ever seen. <laughs> I remember Madrid Uso, as I,
2: I had a gaff in my hand. Thankfully, right. I reached up and I gaffed the, the, the stanchion and I pulled myself up. And as I was starting to pull myself up, because... If I didn't get myself out of the water, guys, I don't know if you've ever seen this before. But these humbled squid will just start taking you down. And and they literally were like averaging 20 pounds. Hey cutie pie. I remember Edmund. I mean, uh uh hold uh, on Ritter, a second, so Todd. We got a
1: star again. here. Hold on, we got a star on the show. Zaya wanted to say hi to everybody. Say hi say Zaya. Hi. say hello, hello hi.
0: Oh, yeah,
1: hi, Edward, hi, cutie hi. pie. It's
0: Captain James' granddaughter.
2: Yeah, look at you. Going to the pool. (laughs) Ready to go swimming. Going to the pool. All right, love
1: you. Bye.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was
2: was scary. Falling in with those things. Oh, yeah. Everything that hit the water that day was devoured. Everything. And I think it was just my splash. Spread them out for a second. And I got out of the water before they could come back in at me.
1: It, it was crazy, gang. Yeah. You don't understand. I would I'd grab a handful of trash and throw it in the water, and they would eat every piece. And I called Todd on the radio, and I go, dude, they eat all the trash. Well, yeah. you know, Todd and I, we're, we only do things full speed. So then yeah. we're like throwing handfuls of trash out there. They're eating all the trash. So then this was a long time ago, so don't judge us. But I dumped the whole dang fifty-five gallon trash can in the water and they ate every piece. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. They took everything down. So they do that. You could imagine what they would have done to Todd if he would have been in the water for more than a few seconds.
2: People have to remember back then we did not even know what a water bottle was. So everything was just paper. So yeah, it was well, it was it was it was cheeseburger wrappers and And, uh, and, and paper plates. But yeah, isn't that funny though? When you think about that, Dave, that on that trip that day, when we were out there fishing squid, we did not sell water bottles. If you wanted a water, you came in and got a Dixie cup out of the galley and you drank from the holding tank.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Todd and I, we, we laugh about this and we talk about it a lot, but there was no, like you just said, there was no water. We didn't even drink water. We've talked about this. We didn't drink, I didn't drink water. Water till I was thirty. Yeah, not a drop. Tell- yep. Yeah. And and none of our idols did. Our dads and our uncles oh. and stuff—they never drank water. There was no water on the boat. You drink a beer. You drink a soda. You didn't drink anything. And that's just the way it was. Yep. Yeah. That's the way it was. It's hard to believe. Yeah. You were starting to tell a good story the other day about the Tom tank. Why don't you talk about that for a minute? Because that's another phenomenal story people won't believe.
2: So this is a great story. So I've always said that the definition of a friend is somebody that will stop everything they're doing, wake up in the middle of the night, whatever it is, to go help out a friend. And that could be a friend broke down in their car, somebody that needs a ride home, uh, you know, any situation situation we had a situation to we how our friendship actually was. Because this phone call came at about 11 o'clock at night. And by the way, we just started to use cell phones. I think we all had Nokias back then, Nokia cell phones. And I get this phone call from Dave Hansen on a, sat, or a ship to shore. And he says, listen, our batteries on the Tom Tank are shot. We've taken care of arranging uh, somebody to bring batteries down to uh, Madrid. Usos boat. He's got a well center console. It's full of fuel. Todd, it'll make it to San Clemente Island and back no problem. It's slick grease. You'd be here in an hour. Can you bring us the batteries? I go, Dave. I've got I've got three-quarter day on the sun fun in the morning. I got to be here at five in the morning. He, I you'll be here in an hour. You'll be back in by 1230. (sighs) (laughs) I I go down to the boat. The batteries are down there. Uh, uh, Linda Cognito's uh, set everything up for you. I go over. I I fly literally an hour on this boat. I make it to San Clement Island, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. I'm flying on this thing. I get over there. I side tie to the Tom tank. And i'm i'm already starting to think in my head how is it that all of their batteries are shot i'm wondering so i hop on the boat i go down the engine room i pull the terminals off the battery i clean them up tighten them up i say hey dave start it up and he fires it up while i still have the brand new batteries sitting on the deck now i've driven all the way out there to clean battery terminals but it gets better so one of the guys pat needed to get back and linda cognito's husband or boyfriend at the time needed to get back so he's like hey todd i'm gonna hop on that boat with you because it's you know 45 knot boat let's haul ass back in, in this in this weather and uh and you can get me home early i'm mean, yeah no problem so we we take off we get about seven miles off the island and the boat quits and i don't even want to in my mind i'm thinking there's no way this boat's out of fuel got to be a problem i can fix there's no way dave said there was plenty of fuel but i was you know i was young hell i was probably in my late 20s think to to you know check to see if it was full of fuel or to even you know try to calculate uh miles per gallon or or miles per hour uh uh, that fuel burn and so sure enough hold on hold on
1: hold on on. show this show this deckhand sports video we'll get back with todd in just a minute we got to do this real quick The best part... Gang, when you go over to the Deckhand Sports QR code that we're throwing up on the screen right there, you go to deckhandsports.com. you'll see all the products. They have so many products, and they have big, giant kill bags that'll hold your 300-pound bluefin, and they have, they have uh, little dry cases. They have everything that you could possibly need when you go fishing. They cover everything, and like Justin and I were showing the other night out there, you can even put your lobsters in these bags. These bags are, are uh, leak-proof. They have so many tie-down spots. But Todd will tell you, the biggest problem with the kill bags is there's nowhere to tie them up on on our big yachts or on our small skiffs. There's just not enough tie-down. Well, Deckhand Sports thought of everything. And then I don't know if you watched when they were pouring that ice in the bag, Todd, but they have ribs in there that hold the bags open, which is That's nice. absolutely incredible. I'd never seen anything like it before. When I got my little bag of ribs that go in the bottom of the bag, I was like, what are these for? And Dave's the owner's like, well, you didn't look at the video. And then I looked at the video. I went, like, that is ingenious. Absolutely. Is- to yeah. hold the bag open and, and it just keeps your fish so fresh and there's no leaks. You can put this kill bag inside your salon and they don't leak a drop.
2: Not to mention having those ribs, you can keep that kill bag open. And when you're when you're putting fish on the boat, you can get them right in that bag instantly without having to have a buddy hold the bag open so go and
1: check out Deckhand sports gang those of you that are listening on the podcast go check it out those of you that are watching on on Facebook or YouTube grab the QR code get over there get your 15% off on your order and get you guys or get somebody in your family their kill bag of their dream kill bag for uh, Christmas or the holidays or whatever you celebrate. Grab a kill bag and get it going, gang! Thanks for watching that video. And Todd, get back into finishing this story because it's going to start to get really good now. You get, you're not even going to believe what's happening.
2: <laughs> so, so going back, I've given, I've, I've, I've gotten on the Tom Tank. I, I I've quickly assessed that the battery terminals were just corroded and not getting enough uh, uh, amperage to the starter. So they fire up the Tom Tank. We, we fire up Madrid skiff. We take off, hauling butt back to the to the mainland here in Dana Point, and I mean it's just absolutely a mirror lake, just perfect conditions. And we get it, we get seven miles off San Clemente Island, and the boat quits, the boat just dies. And I don't want to even think of the fact that this boat have, may have run out of fuel. Well, it did, but we've got a flare kit, we've got all sorts of stuff on the boat, we've got a radio, the battery are good and the tom tanks behind us coming home on the same heading like identical heading like they'll have to run into us so no problem we got this so we, we're, we're trying to call them on the radio trying to call tom tank tom tank you read this hey come on Dave you read this uh, 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 Robbie was on there the owner Robbie read this nobody's coming back to us now I see them coming, you know, we were going so fast that, you know, it, it took them a half an hour, 40 minutes before they got seven miles off the Island, you know, nine knot boat. And so finally here they are. They're almost right next to us. I'm shooting flares off at them. Uh, they're, they're getting to where they're about maybe a hundred feet from us coming right down the side. And I look and I, they just drive right on by. There's I don't even see anybody. There's nobody even in the wheelhouse. They just, robbie was driving the boat i think and went downstairs to do something and just missed the fact that we were sitting there floating and oh my god there goes our ride there goes the Tomcat. <laughs> now we're out here we're, we're 40 plus miles offshore floating in a big center console that was a giant center console that he had back then and i'm i've got the only thing to do is i got to go on channel 16 and call vessel assist So a couple hours later, Vessel Assist shows up to the the site, and they start towing us. And if you guys have ever been towed in by Vessel Assist, you know that they don't tow you at 20 knots. They don't tow you at 10 knots. They tow you at about 6 knots. So I'm thinking to myself, there ain't no way that I'm making it back in time to run the three-quarter day boat. So I start trying to figure out all sorts of different ways to get to the boat. I finally get to where we're about 20 miles off the beach, and I get a hold of Tommy Pearson from Pearson's Port. If you guys want fresh seafood out of Newport Beach, uh, under the bridge going into the Pearson's Port's the place to go. Tommy came out and picked me up, and I literally stepped off of Tommy's boat, on the dock, onto the Sum Fun, fired it up, and headed to the bait receiver.
1: Unbelievable. Absolutely. What a great... <laughs> what happened was when the owner when the owner took over the boat he's all, "Hey, go downstairs, go to sleep. I got this. I'm going to take my boat back to the dock." And I'm like, "Okay. I'm not going to fight with the boss. I'm going to go downstairs and go to sleep." So I didn't even think for a second that he would run over Todd. But he literally Todd could have jumped on his boat cuz it was on We the were deck. we
2: were so close. I'm like, "We're screaming, "Hey!"
0: right on by
1: oh my goodness what a yeah and i didn't even know because we didn't have cell phones so (laughs) i didn't even know till that afternoon when todd got in from his trip i'm like what happened what happened
2: (laughs) i was so mad at you Go back to the definition of a friend. A friend will do anything for you. And oh, yeah. that was just part of being a good friend. We've had a lot of good times over the years. And uh, we've seen a lot of neat things. And, and uh, that's a good story to tell. The, the story of the Tom Tank and being left out there in the middle of nowhere.
1: <laughs> oh, it's, it, there's so much fun stuff. And there's stuff that we should never talk about and we won't talk about. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a midnight show once. You can pay to watch. Listen, Yeah, there we go. Yeah, pay-per-view. Yeah, it would be pretty funny. But, gang, I've been blessed to have the Manzers in my family since I was a little kid. Todd's father was a legend. And his Uncle Larry, if you guys don't know who Uncle Larry is, during the the Jaws time, when the movie Jaws was out, Uncle Larry was commercial fishing swordfish. And uh, he started harpooning white sharks. And it was a huge, huge thing. And Todd, talk about Uncle Larry for a little bit, because it was a huge thing. And he would bring these white sharks into Dana Point alive. It was incredible.
2: So he wasn't just – so just so you guys know, my uncle and my dad were a great part of helping protect great white sharks. Uh, And part of what was happening back then was this – new understanding of great white sharks because of the movie Jaws. So Steven Spielberg wrote a movie uh, that, you know, had us afraid to even stick our toes in the water, Jaws. Uh, Shortly afterwards, because of everybody's interest in uh, the man eater, uh, my dad and my uncle were hired by uh, Marineland and by SeaWorld to collect great white sharks so they could do necropsies on these animals to find out a little bit more about them. And they didn't they didn't take dozens they they took a few but the ones that they did harvest uh for necropsies were giant they were they were massive and at one point uh we had one suspended in ice in sea world that was about 17 feet long uh for everybody to see it was it was uh, just an amazing display uh but everybody wanted to know if they were going to find uh license plates tires and human parts in these great white sharks and the only thing that we really found inside of Great White Sharks were seals and sea lions. That was it. That you know, Once they got large, uh, it was all about seals and sea lions. Uh, Chris Lowe uh, runs the Great White Shark Research Program on the West Coast. And uh, he's done a phenomenal job of helping people understand uh, how amazing these animals are, how vulnerable these animals are, their migration. I've taken part in, in helping people understand how amazing great white sharks are. But my uncle Larry and my dad were uh, in the in the 1970s and early 80s, a great part of helping study great white sharks by not only uh, collecting for uh, for these uh, uh, necropsies, these these uh, scientific researches, uh, but also allowing uh the understanding uh, through observers on board to notice the bycatch of juvenile uh, great white sharks in set gill nets along the the, uh, intercoastal waters of California. So we've always had a lot of juvenile great white sharks here in Southern California. And one of the reasons why we don't see a whole bunch of nets in the waters, because guys like my dad and my uncle uh, were there to support uh, the protection of this animal and help ban set gill nets from a very
1: vulnerable ecosystem the coastal waters of southern california and don't you think that's why we see so many juveniles now is because of the fact that larry and your dad were such an integral part of pulling those things out of the water absolutely
2: so if you guys understand our waters here in california basically where dave and i grew up fishing for calico bass for white sea bass for barracuda uh, for halibut, is a river. Okay, the ocean's vast. There's this huge, huge, vast ocean that goes from the from from our coast to Asia. This giant coast in the middle we have Hawaii, but there's only two and a half to three miles of shallow water from our coastline to the continental shelf. So herein I can explain it as a river when we're fishing structured fisheries. Like white sea bass and halibut, we're fishing, uh, you know, in those kelp forests and along those those rocky structures and looking for soup and shark and looking for barracuda. We're fishing in the shallows. We're not out there fishing in the deep. And so that narrow area that we have from the coast to the continental shelf is like a river. And if we didn't protect it, we were going to lose it. Now, fishermen that fish with rod and reel are the most conservative parts of our fishing industry. We are the ones that are making sure that our grandchildren's grandchildren's grandchildren are gonna have fish to catch in the future. We're part of CCA. We're the ones making sure that this coastal area has protections the way that it needs to be protected. We are the, the solution. We are not the problem. And that just shows you right there. Here, my dad and my uncle were commercial fishermen willing to put their careers on the line and lose the commercial fishery fishery to save the ecosystem, to protect it. We do not want to see the last one caught. We want to see our grandchildren's grandchildren's grandchildren go out there, anchor up on a spot, and catch 100 calico bass and and have the time of their life. Isn't that the way it is, Dave?
1: That is totally. You couldn't have summed it up any better. That is absolutely what I was hoping you were going to say. That's what most – that's the thing. I think – I'm sorry, I got a bunch of things going on in my head, but I think the thing about this new thing we're doing, and you're going to be a part of this as soon as you start fishing again, but actually showing people what's going on out on the water, that's why we've been so successful with our last three live, the whole trip out fishing with Justin, and I know you've been watching it, but it's showing the world what we're doing. We are not, like Todd said, we're not the problem, but... Most people don't even know what's going on on a boat when we're out fishing. You're getting to see us measure all those lobsters. You're getting to see us throw back the ones that are short. You're getting to see us throw back the crabs. You're getting to see us throw back the fish. You're getting to see us. We are the stewards of our environment better than anybody because our life depends on it. They still take it away from us that has Todd's assignment. Todd's science, and he can bore the hell out of all of us here with science, and he can blow our minds with the stuff he knows. But the things that are going on today, the closures, the green energy, the windmills, all that stuff, 0.0 science. Todd will tell you there's no science going on on this thing. They're closing big, giant areas of the ocean to put these windmills right in the middle of where they uh, albacore spawn for 100 100- years thousand million years and now all of a sudden we're just going to shut that spawning ground down and then we're going to wipe todd yeah big big shout out to you with all the children you educate every year the foundation that you and my brother put together is absolutely incredible and i know you're hands-on out there fighting the fight going out and showing all the kids every day that it's okay to go out on a boat and whale watch now all of a sudden you and i grew up and we were told save the whales save the whales save the whales now it's kill as many whales as you can for green energy it doesn't how could that be
2: right yeah yeah it, it,
1: their agenda is is completely backwards now
2: uh and and it's all about growth and and power and and uh and wealth and and not true conservation and protection and uh, I, I you know it's it's a crazy world we live in right now uh uh thank you for that shout out on that guys uh dave guys i I have as of this year uh educated over thirty thousand students on an on the water experience through uh uh ocean field trips where we take kids out and we whale watch we look at whales and stuff like that so we uh we've we've been we've been doing a, a great job there uh educating these students and we just really really uh, uh, try hard to, to educate and, and uh, help these kids understand the vulnerabilities and, uh, you know, the experiences of our ocean. It's pretty amazing. So, and, and not to mention that, I, the assemblies and the curriculum that I've been involved with, it's just been, just been incredible.
1: Yeah. You travel all over the, you travel all over Southern California, going to all these schools on top of all the other things Todd Manser does is his, uh, manta marine and boardroom charters and taking kids on the boat whale watching and doing all those things then with all his free t- and he has four children and two grand three grandchildren now and i speak three
2: grandkids Yeah.
1: yeah and all that he's got going on he still takes time out of his day to go to the schools and sit down in the assembly halls and explain to all the children how the ocean works and how whales work, and how that whole thing works, and it's absolutely amazing to me that all of a sudden now California has flipped a switch and decided that I wish they would decide this about sea lions, but they've decided that no whale's life matters anymore and and I don't understand it. it doesn't make any sense to me, but let's I talk about sea lions on the show a ton. I always have what why don't you talk about what you think? about well so
2: (laughs) you know sea lions have a place adaptations and and because of their incredible adaptations it's very easy for sea lions to uh to use humans uh to benefit uh themselves and and it is it is very difficult for us It, it can be very very difficult right now um there's been an issue with, uh, with toxicities uh, in, uh, in the water, in, in some of the nutrients north of us. And, and we've been seeing you know, a lot of sea lions uh, you know, struggle from that, but, uh, but sea lions uh, have a great amount of protection. And because of that, and because of their adaptations and their ability to learn, uh, they, they, they can make it very difficult. The Channel Islands, uh, or I should say, at Catalina and San Clemente Island, it's it's very difficult for us to put a line in the water some days. It's tough.
1: So do you think there should be more regulations to save this mammal? Or do you think that it's...
2: I, I personally believe that the animals should be left alone. We're not harming them. We don't use anything to try to deter them anymore. Uh, we leave them alone. And I think they should be left alone uh, for uh, their natural selection as well.
1: So you don't think it's a good idea to take the the ones that are on the beach and give them antibiotics and and nurse them back. I I don't, I don't personally think that helps, but I understand
2: empathy and sympathy in human beings. And I understand that for a lot of people empathetically, they see these animals and they, it just, it's, it's, it's hard as humans with empathy and sympathy, not to want to try to help them. And I, and I understand that. And so, uh, it's hard to, to, to say stop doing that to a human, uh, and as much as it hurts me uh, some days financially because of what uh, it does to our fisheries, I, I do at least understand the empathy and sympathy in human beings and why they do what they do. I, I don't find it necessary.
1: Yep, yeah, I feel the same way as you do. And most of the people that are watching our show do gang in it. You just had to understand that Southern California can handle about 60,000 sea lions. Right now, there's about 4 million. It's pretty sad when they're inside of all these harbors and crawling on all these docks and crawling on all these boats. The sea lion does not want to be in the harbor. He doesn't. He does not want to be there. He wants to be out on the rookeries out at San Clemente Island or Catalina or the Channel Islands, hanging out with all his girlfriends. The problem is there's nowhere for them to go. Every area has been overwhelmed, overrun by California sea lions. So now they have to come into our harbors. People say, oh, they were there first. Well, they weren't. They don't want to be in the harbor. They don't want to be on an old concrete or wooden dock. They want to be out in a rookery on a sandy beach in the sun, relaxing and having fun. But we don't allow them to, we don't allow any of those animals to die from natural selection. So therefore, we have an overpopulation of the animal. Gang, we got about 15 minutes left. I told Todd and Elliot I would only take 15 minutes of their time. We got Todd Manser here. Who can answer any kind of question that you have? And I want to have some questions come in. You can ask Todd. Elliot will throw them up on the screen so everybody can see. Todd's a wealth of information. You guys listen to me three day, five days a week talk. But Todd's here. He can answer any questions. If you have any questions about your boat or how to get it fixed, or you know what the really cool thing about Manza Marine is? He answers his phone. <laughs> I you guys have the same problem that I have when I'm trying to find someone to service anything I have nowadays is getting someone to call me back.
2: Yeah. 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 That's oh, been um, a big, I, I tell all of my new, my new customers uh, that the reason why I've become uh, very successful in this and the, and the reason why you should use Manser Marine is because I, not only am I going to answer your phone calls, I'm not going to ghost you. I'm, I'm, I don't have the conscious mind be able to just forget about you i i it'll kill me to not answer your call and help you i don't even care if i don't know you i want to make sure to try to help you out but the biggest problem that a lot of boat owners have these days isn't just having somebody manage their boat it's it's if they didn't have somebody managing their boat and they have a problem when they call somebody they don't get a call back or they get put on the back burner for six weeks or two months and and nothing ever gets fixed with with me uh, like you, Dave, uh, having a reputation for 45 years in the industry, I'm able to work with a lot of different people that can get your boat fixed quickly, whether it be mechanics, technicians, uh, uh, refrigeration, we can get in there and we can get things fixed quickly. I know how to get the, an- the phones answered uh, and it's going to start with calling me. So getting me to, to manage your, your boat isn't expensive, guys. I'm not charging thousands of dollars to manage your boat. I'm charging a few hundred dollars to manage your boat. And then anything else and above that is just an expense of what your boat would cost anyways. But you'd have somebody like me coming down and doing an audit of your boat. Uh, I can't. It's on my screen here. I I can't pull it up. But I, I basically break down everything on your boat from one end to the other, top to bottom on a spreadsheet And every time I walk on your boat, I'm going through that entire spreadsheet and checking every aspect of your boat. And I do this twice a month. And then I call or text or email the owner to tell them that everything's okay. And if anything needs to be fixed, we consult on how it gets done. Today, we had a fire on a boat in the harbor. And uh, fortunately, uh, the boat had a fire system and the fire uh, that was the engine room was put out by the fireboy system but i feel very bad for this owner because this was a brand new boat but thankfully for the fireboy system and the and the fact that the boat was at the dock no other boats were uh were caught on fire and the boat was put out by the fireboy system before the owner even showed up or before the fire department showed up now if you have a, a boat that you leave alone at the dock for a few days a few weeks or a few months all of these things need to be inspected All your fire extinguishers have to be inspected and recharged every year some of the fireboy systems go five years it depends on what type of system you have but i make sure to date those keep track of those so we can keep those serviced on a regular basis for you those are the kind of things that we do at manser marine but like dave said i'm i'm also still uh, i'm a boat captain i'm a fisherman i'm a charter boat captain i've i'm i'm a whale watch captain i wear every hat that you can wear to make a living on the water and make people enjoy what we have here in Dana Point, Southern California, Newport beach, uh, and Baja.
1: Okay. Hold on one second. I'm going to throw this up. I don't know if it's okay, Elliot or not, but I'm going to do it. This guy has a great question. Stephen wants to know, and I'm going to, I'm going to start with the answer that I believe and Todd will finish it up. The whales breach for the simple reason that they're mating, they're showing off They're They're going, look what I can do. This is what I think. They have lice, and they're trying to knock the lice off of them. And they got barnacles that are bugging them, and they're trying to knock that off of them. That has nothing to do with their sonar. There's no way to make a whale jump. Todd and I, we would have made them jump a long time ago when we were whale watching if we could. They breach because they can, and they're showing off, or they got some some type of lice on them. But the wind farm, the the reason why they're, there's mass devastation on the East Coast with the whales back there, is because what they're doing with these wind farms is they're using high, they're using explosives to plant the uh, the anchors into the ground. They're also using high sonar to look high location sonar to figure out exactly where to put these mooring lines. All that is messing up this animal's natural sonar a natural ability to hunt because they use whales use their sonar to hunt and so when all these bombs are going off in the water and all this stuff's going on and all these bad things are going on and all these cables and cords and everything are laying in the water it has a vast effect on the population of the poor whale he's never seen anything like this gang they've never heard a explosion under there. It confuses them. It scares them. It makes them swim the wrong way. And the next thing you know, they swim right into another explosion. Then their their sonar's out of whack because of this high sonar that they're using to find exactly where to put these uh, mooring lines. And that's what I believe. So go ahead, Todd. You know more about it than I do. All right. So uh, first of all, guys, we, we have...
2: Um, we have we have two types of whales. We have fin or pardon me. We have baleen whales and we have tooth whales. Uh, your baleen whales are blue whale, say whale, humpback whale, gray whale, bowhead whale, minke whale, right whale, pygmy right whale. Your your tooth whales are sperm whale, killer whale, narwhal, blue whale, or uh, beluga whale, uh, pilot whale, dolphin, porpoise. Uh, they're they're both whales, but the tooth whales, like sperm whales and killer whales, have echolocation abilities to navigate, find, hunt food. Uh, and your bailing whales live in a world of sight and sound with the ability to uh, we believe uh, detect magnetic north and navigate through uh, uh, sight and sound using landmarks and listening, uh, not actual sonar. And so when you start to interrupt their ability to detect uh, hazards uh, and in their navigation, uh, you start to change uh, the the Ability for the animal to safely travel uh, back and forth. Now, for most of your uh, baleen whales, they take annual migrations. So, for instance, uh, here coming up uh, right now, actually coming into to December, uh, we'll start seeing a population of nearly twenty thousand gray whales migrate on the longest migration of any animal on the planet with the exception of the Arctic Tern, which travels from the North Pole to the uh, South Pole. The gray wolves travel uh, between 12, 14,000 miles round trip. Uh, and these animals do this by uh, listening, uh, recognizing landmarks, uh, judging the depth of water. And when things like uh, cables and moorings and and explosions and big ships and all these things are put in their way, they start to change their their patterns and so that's where we end up having these bailing wells uh strandings and problems with the tooth whales uh we start to interrupt their sonar patterns or their sonar frequencies when we start using frequencies that come kind of interrupt or fall into that frequency that they use uh i'd have to go back in my notes but i want to say it's between 64 and 145 uh megahertz is is kind of their frequency and if we if we use sonars that are within that range sometimes it can bother them but don't quote me on that i have to look at my notes that that that's but it does affect those tooth whales ability to navigate when we when we have frequencies that interrupt their frequencies so um we have to be very cautious and 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 we do have to worry about the way these animals uh migrate But what, I mean, our animals are amazing. So to talk about why they breach, I I really like to get into this. So uh, we live in a world of gravity. We feel gravity every day. So I'm sitting here and I feel myself sitting. Uh, And when I jump in the pool uh, or I go into the ocean, I can make myself buoyant and I can feel myself float. and I get a positive brain stimulation of buoyancy. Now, if you live in a world of buoyancy, uh, they still feel gravity, but they feel that that buoyancy. The only way to get the brain stimulation of gravity is to actually feel it somehow. So there are many reasons for breaching. Yes, one of them is uh, for courting. A lot of whales will breach, uh, especially males, to court and, and to dominate over other males in order to be chosen by females because in baleen whales, uh, you get, really you get one chance at mating a year. So they ovulate uh, roughly around uh, October. If they, if they do not conceive about 60 days later, roughly, they'll ovulate again. Uh, and then that's it for the year. There's no monthly ovulation. So uh, baleen whales don't get the chance like some of our tooth whales to conceive every month. So uh, you see a lot of this breaching for, uh, for courting reasons. Uh, with our juveniles and our calves, uh, it's it's a playful characteristic. It it can be for fun just to feel uh, you know that sensation of of gravity. But let's just say for instance you hear something, but you can't see it because by definition our gray whales and, and our humpback whales are are basically nearsighted. They they have a flat front surface of the uh, of the optic. There's they're not spherical like our eyes. And so by definition, that makes them pretty nearsighted. They can see, but they don't see very far, very clear. And they, You know, why would they need to? The water's murky most of the time anyways, where they're at. Uh, But so if there's a sound that that is a little bit uh, maybe concerning, uh, if you were a bear, what would you do? You would stand up and you would show how big you are. And so for some of our whales, uh, we see this a lot in humpback whales, especially when we get around the Hawaiian Islands. A lot of breaching when boats make directional changes. And it's just a, hey, I'm here, I'm big. Uh, And so that can be uh, another reason why whales breach. So there's multiple reasons uh, Why whales breach, Uh, but I'll tell you what right now here in in, uh, Dana Point They've been showboating man. We've had humpback whales here just showing off like crazy. We've had fin whales We've already had two southbound gray whale sightings Uh, a great time. Look at the weather right now guys It's literally like July out here in Southern California. If you're not getting out here and going fishing, if you're not coming out and going whale watching, I I don't understand it. This is, this is this amazing weather and an amazing time to be on the water. So take advantage of these beautiful days because guess what's coming, Dave? We all know what's coming.
1: The rain, right? Hey, one of our, one of our, one of our members asked, Todd, can you get somebody into a boat if they're looking for a boat? Absolutely. So guys, I um,
2: work for McCarty Yacht Group and uh, we buy, sell yachts. Uh, We have a great brokerage. Um, I can help you find the perfect boat. Uh, And I can also help you find the the perfect buyer uh, for the boat that you're selling. But you know with as much as ex- as much experiences that I have on the ocean in fishing and traveling and whale watching and cruising I can and and then understand the type of boat that you're looking for and if you just already have that boat in mind that you want I'll help you find the best deal on it. So yes guys, I can help you find that dream boat and I'll be on board every step of the way. This means that I'm going to help you try to find a dock because docks are a hard thing they take patience and they take you know a a constant you know calling and searching and and maybe you got to move around a little bit but i'll help you with that and then most of all once you do own your boat i'm not just going to ghost you i'm going to be there to help you guys understand it take care of it and use it so that you can justify that purchase
1: that is a huge thing gang you don't understand most once you, once you purchase it, you don't hear from that human being that sold it to you ever again. So for Todd to be able to follow through and be there for you to answer the questions and also it will help him and it'll help you because a man-served Marine. So if you buy a boat from Todd, you know he's going to take care of it and you can always ask him, Todd, why would you let me buy this boat if it doesn't work? But he's not going to let that happen because he's going to crawl around in it and look at the parts that you can't even imagine. Like I used to tell everybody when I was doing selling boats, the last thing they want to see is me or Todd show up. Because we're the guys that have spent our lives in the engine room and in the lazarette compartment and in the, bow- in the places where you, you get on the boat, you look around, the galley looks good, your bedroom looks good. And you're like, wow, the wheelhouse looks really nice. And we're like, you haven't even seen the boat. Let's open up these hatches and get inside and look around at the stuff that matters. Absolutely. we're going to be spending our time. So yep. having someone like Todd is going to help you out tremendously. Gang, if you had anybody out there has a burning question, real quick, this is it. You got to ask it now, I think.
2: Uh, yeah. And guys, I'll go through all Dave's comments here later today. I've, I've got to get home. Hey, Dave, I got to tell everybody really quick. I know we only got a couple days here, but I'll get some content for us. Guys, guess where I will be tomorrow at this time. Dave, it's your favorite place. It's my favorite place. It's it's probably the best place on earth if you're a fisherman, if you're a boater. Where will I be tomorrow, Dave? Big guess?
1: He'll be in Magdalena Bay, gang. Take. He's going to bring a yacht up from Mag Bay to Dana Point.
2: I'll be in Mag uh, Bay this time tomorrow. So I'm actually flying down to Laredo. I'm having my good buddy, Marcus. uh, Marcus pick me up at the airport, bring me down to San Carlos. Uh, I'm going to visit with a couple of guys in San Carlos that I've called that I want to visit with. And then I'm going to hop on the Kahuna. And what a beautiful weather window. I'll be back up here in a few days and I'll be back doing what I do, but this is what I'm doing for one of my clients. I'm picking up their boat. They've been down there fishing and we're going to get it home safe for them
1: back here so they can
2: enjoy it the rest of the year. I can't Can't wait to be down there.
0: Elliot,
1: Todd, thank you guys very much for another great show. Everybody, all your comments and everything. Todd will have plenty of time bringing that boat home to answer all your comments. He's got to get going. Elliot's got to get going and cap Dave's got to go play at the beach with his granddaughter. You know, I got a rough schedule, so I got to get down to the beach. You guys have a great day. Thank you, Todd, Elliot, and everybody for watching. Don't forget, uh, check out deckhand sports. Make sure you get, get that bag of your dreams. They fit every boat. You won't even believe all the different sizes they have over there. Go to deckhandsports.com or grab the QR code right here and go over there and save 15% on their bags You will not be disappointed. Dave's a hands-on guy. He will answer all your questions. He watches the show every day. So leave a question. Also, he's a member of the website, and he's also on the community. So check it out. And, guys, you can get my
2: phone. There's my phone number right there. Thanks, Elliot. Guys, give me a call. Thank you, Dave. Awesome show.
1: All right. Get going. Got to get flying down there to Mexico. All right. See you, gang. Bye.